Happy Pokemon Scarlet and Violet Day. Welcome back to the Calm Mind Podcast, everyone. Ron, for the lovely people listening to this in the future, it's Scarlet and Violet Day. Get excited, man. Woo! <laughs> that was it. That was that was that was the excitement. Sometimes I wonder if you guys like actually listen to this like and want to like be very calm and like you know meditative, and then like whenever I scream like every once in a while, it just ruins that. I don't know. We, Tell me if it the, does. The, the Calm Mind podcast was named to be juxtaposed specifically to your overexcitable nature. Yeah, which, I like you know. I like doing that. I like whenever like I'm surprised or like whenever, for example, whenever we get like a good or bad Pokemon that we randomly generate, I do enjoy uh, either like being overexcited or being angry about it. Like people think I've gotten some comments there. People are like, oh, we don't like hearing you being sad about the Pokemon. So don't stop doing that. But it's like, I'm never really sad if it's a Pokemon that... If we randomly generate a Pokemon that I don't want to use in the thumbnail or I don't like or whatever, it's fun to complain about it. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's entertaining for me. So it's not like a negative thing for me. Don't worry I, about I, that. I liked the the moment of pure joy when I guessed Meditite. Oh, that was the <laughs> that best. Was, that was actually like I was editing that one and just like listening back to that moment. I was like, yeah, that was good. That was great. That was a good moment. Yeah. So more uh, of that, please. So... For those of you who are listening to this right now, if you're listening to this on the day of release, it is Scarlet and Violet Day. Um, for us, poor cretins of the past, we don't have our hands on Scarlet and Violet just yet. Um, but because it's coming out, we're obviously going to have a lot on our plate because, um, I, I don't know if you guys know, we, we're both Poketubers. You know about this, Ron, right? We work in the world of Pokemon YouTube. I'm just finding this out right now. Honestly. Okay, well, that means that you're going to be busy over the next couple of weeks. And so am I. And oh, so I have what plans. we're going to... Ah, uh, well, we got a, we got video games to play, man. No work for you. Um, as a result, uh, we are going to be taking some time off, um, but there will still be stuff here on the Calm Mind Podcast. In fact, we're going to try our first live show next week on the 25th of November, and we'll be giving you a sort of live, more organic thoughts about the game, as well as many other, I'm sure, regular Calm Mind topics. Um, we don't have a specific time in mind just yet, so if you want to stay up to date as to when specifically the live stream is going to be... It should be around, like, the afternoon Eastern time. Yeah, that somewhere in that zone... We'll be tweeting about it. It'll be on our community tab. We will let you know as soon as we know. Uh, but that's the 25th. If you want to get our kind of a, a week on from Scarlet and Violet thoughts, uh, that's the place to to find out. So come along and join us on the Carmine Podcast live. Yeah, and to all the Americans, that's Black Friday, by the way. But by then, you should be done with all your Black Friday shopping by, you know, afternoon by the time the live stream hopefully starts. Uh, maybe, I don't know, in the live stream, tell us what you bought. <laughs> Look forward to that. I don't know. Yeah, I think there's going to be, uh, we're going to try an element of uh, sort of re live response to you as well. So that when we say silly things and stupid things, you can correct us and tell us live. Um, and you can also take part in the conversation and ask us questions. And uh, I, I, while we won't be replying to absolutely everything, we might pick up on a thing here or there and uh, want to talk about it. Because, I mean, you've probably witnessed it a bunch of times in the podcast as the audience where whenever I'm saying something that I think could be controversial or people in the audience may have completely different opinions on, I will now start like defending every single position that I can think possible. But now if we start doing these uh, live streams instead, you guys are in the chat and you can literally just tell us your opinion of anything controversial or opinionated uh, or divisive that we talk about. That way I don't have to defend myself. I could just hear your guys' opinion in the, in the, in the chat. And then we just save a lot of time. <laughs> I can save my yeah. my controversial point. You can save. We take. can save worrying about um, what the audience will think because we'll know what the audience will think because you'll be there. <laughs> and then we also don't have to edit. <laughs> 
that also helps out hugely with that with the new games coming out i know certainly we're, we're both going to be very busy on new videos and just like editing is a thing i'm stressing are you stressing about the new the new games are very, very much so Oh, cool. I'm, I'm glad it's not just me. Every single time, every single, before a release the whole week, I can barely sleep. Um, mm-hmm. Not out of excitement, but out of, like, fear. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You'd um, think it would get easier. We've been doing this for, like, seven years. I am, like, so stressed today. I'm on edge. I'm like, you poke me, and I'm like, I'm, I'm off. I'm, I'm so agitable, is that the word? Maybe the opposite than what you have, because you're doing content based on it, right? Are you, what, you're yeah. live streaming it? Uh, I'll live stream a little bit of it, yeah. And then you're also going to like immediately start making videos about it. But for me, it's the opposite. I'm nervous because I am not doing any content. So when I'm playing the game in my own time, I'm thinking, oh, this I really should be live streaming this or I should do this faster so I can get some videos done. But I like to play these games way slower than the average Poketuber. It's the, mm. like, if, if I had it my way, I would play this over like three months instead of a week and a half, perhaps two weeks maximum. Because I really have wow. to release a review. Um, and a review, making a review is like, that's the hardest video to make. It's the most intense script, so much editing, so much, uh, like capturing footage. Uh, also while I'm playing, I have to write down any opinion that I have. So it's like not the best time for a Poketuber, but also the best time because we love Pokemon so much. So I, I, I actually really feel that, uh, except the idea of a week and a half to play sounds magical. <laughs> I'm going to be oh. like cramming this in like three days, man. I'm that like, sucks. it does suck. I, and you know, I, I like... Um, I was talking to, I, I've spoken to this uh, to, to viewers about this, and and the, you know, like I have like uh, one of my editors, for example, like with, when it comes to leaked content, for example, they say, why don't you just avoid the leaks and just you know just play the game and don't watch too many of the trailers? And I'm like, well, because my a lot of the content that I make and have developed over the years is based around the reveal cycle of the games because that's the content that I enjoyed consuming, and I like making speculation content. Um, when it comes to the leaks. I get sent that stuff in image form through social media without even mm. being asked. So at this point, <laughs> if I'm going to see it, I might as well see it as early as possible to, you know, kind of prepare my brain for what kind of theories I might want to make, yada, yada, yada. And then when it comes to the actual games, it then becomes like a race to like make that theory before someone else. And so oh. the first playthrough, I'm just spending so much time just like taking notes and like getting footage while playing and like all of that jazz and i really want to be done with the game in like three to four days as a result the experience is not optimal (laughs) it is it is far from optimal even worse for these games since these are probably the games with the most paths so many places to uh, explore and i don't want to rush through them i really do want to look through every corner um so that's what i'm the most scared i i I don't want to like even Mm. even though i don't have to make content about it well, at least as much as other Poketubers, I'm still scared that I will mentally, you know, have anguish <laughs> because of this. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I'll, I'll let you guys know if it happens. I'm sure it'll go all right for all of us. Uh, how did you find last year, or not even last year, technically this year's reveal for, for Legends Arceus, how did you find that all went down for you? So originally, yeah, I streamed the first two days, and I just didn't enjoy streaming it as much as, yeah. again, other Poketubers. And then... The next week, I just played it on my own and I had a lot of fun. But I think I, it was less stress because it's like it's a relatively barren game in terms of like locations and like plot points. It's like there's a lot of a lot of things to write down other than like yeah. just general experience. It's it's like it was like as easy as I guess as Diamond and, uh, as the Diamond and Pearl remix too. And also I guess because the Diamond and Pearl remix came out like literally like two week, two months before, I already had yeah. I already like stretched those muscles. I warmed up for Legends of Arceus um, in terms of like 
I knew how long it would take to, to get the work done. Yeah, to get I, the work I, done. I see that. So I was less nervous. But now this is literally a completely new game, new format. I don't know what's going to happen. And again, the the most ambitious Pokemon game. This is scary. The not knowing what to expect is really hard. And and then there's like. I, I'm juggling right now a number of other obligations. So, like, I've got brand obligations with brands that I'm working with who want sponsor segments and videos. One of those brands who I am uh, absolutely adore and I think it's fantastic, uh, they're launching their product here in the UK. And so uh, they want me to be sort of part of the face of that product launch. And that's, mm. like, on the 14th or maybe 15th. <sighs> we don't know. And so... I, and like it's for me like this is my mortgage so like <laughs> I, I, I'm absolutely going to take part in this product launch that's happening straight before and that product launch launch involves me doing stuff with the new Pokemon card set which comes out on the 11th of November and also it's my best friend's birthday on the 11th of November so we're having a thing here that evening wow. and then you're, you, you've got like um, just all of these little things happening that are determined to be involved in this like l- this one week period and i'm like i don't know how i'm gonna juggle it all i just assume i'll be alive like if I, if you if we get to this live stream uh this live episode of the calm mind podcast and i have a calm mind it'll be a miracle <laughs> well it's funny because I, I guess we didn't even mention in the intro that we aren't releasing an episode on the day of this live stream Yes, this live stream <laughs> is sort of the substitute for the episode. And then that live stream episode will be released a couple of weeks later, right? So th- we want to start recording these episodes on these live streams instead of, you know, off. Like right now, we're not, you guys aren't seeing this live. Um, and that way, it saves us a lot of time. But also, if you want to attend it, you get to see it live. But if you don't, the episode anyways will be released two weeks after uh, mm. as a VOD. So on YouTube and everywhere else. It'll be fun. <laughs> it will be fun. It'll be amongst the sea of stress. I had also one more stress just added to my thing. So this is like a stressful time of year. And then December, end of December, it's like, okay, unwind, enjoy the holidays, eat some food. Nope. I got a letter through my door saying you've been selected for jury service. Whoa. And it's like the it's like Christmas week. And I've luckily I've got it pushed back to January. But I'm oh, all wow. anxious about that because like I've not what if they actually pick me like uh, the way I don't know if you know the, the way this works in the UK is like you get a jury summons I think it's and then here. yeah and then there's like there's like a pool of like 100 people and they pick some jurors and if you if they pick me I've got to watch a trial or something and be sounds a fun. productive it sounds really interesting honestly but like I, well it's <laughs> January anyway if it's January that's literally the perfect time for you to do it it is it is a better time than than now but um so why are you complaining just because what if they actually pick me to do a trial and then I've got to watch a trial and like someone's life could be on the line. Like, I mean, it's not going to be an execution trial, but <laughs> like, you know, someone's where they're going to spend a lot of time, <laughs> maybe in prison could be. If I was the defendant, is that the person being prosecuted? Yeah. Or the prosecutor? Yeah. The pro- if You're I was the defendant. the defendant, I would be happy to have you in the jury. You would? Yes. What did, you, what did you do that you're, I, uh, you, I'm, you know, because I'm not, I've got, I've got to be impartial. Like a parking <laughs> ticket. I didn't pay Like it. a parking didn't, ticket? I didn't pay a parking ticket. I th- it's the crown court. I think you got to do something a little bit more serious than the parking ticket. Oh, the ticket. crown court. The crown yeah, it's cr- court. It's very, it's very serious. Don't mock the justice system. This is the crown court. 
Sir. Do you have to go to like London or is this just, like a local thing? I gotta go to there's a, a sort of town nearby called Salisbury that I gotta go to. Salisbury? We didn't go there, but it's got one of the biggest cathedrals in all of the UK. I don't care. Yeah, that's why we didn't go there. <laughs> have you have Although you I... had to do this jury, jury service or No, not yet. Oh wait, did I? Wait, did I? What do you mean did I? Oh you I did! What the, where, I did, how but did I... you forget this? <laughs> No, I didn't have to do it. I I was summoned, but I didn't have to do it because I had school. I had college. I could have just said I didn't. I have school. I, I, that's oh. what I said. It was like I was like twenty. Fair enough. So no, I would have done it if it was now. I mean, not now. Like not during sun. And, sun I keep on saying sun and moon. <laughs> not during Scarlet and Violet hype <laughs> and release. Uh, I like I like the word summoned. It just makes me think of Yu Gi Oh. Like you've been summoned in attack. I mode. summon. True Green Seven in attack mode. <laughs> they don't. This, they don't like say have like sounds that they make, right? The Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. Card so monsters. They go different sounds. What does Exodia sound like? Uh, he's got kind of a hiss to him because he's got a little snake on his head. So he's kind of got this. I, I kind of. <laughs> it's, a hiss, it's a hissing sound, and like summon skulls all. <laughs> Probably, um, and dark magician is, is all like dark. What magician. is the female dark magician? Oh, he says dark. He doesn't say dark magician. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, I'm messing you. I'm messing with you. <laughs> what is the female dark magician? Like she like sounds like just like a girl, and she like laughs, and that's it. She just giggles. Yeah, I guess so. She, I guess she just giggles. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's but dark magician himself, he doesn't. Hmm. He has like a grunt. He's like, stoic. Hmm, like he's he's a stoic dude. Kind of reminds me of Link. The the blue eyes white dragon, and I couldn't possibly make that. It has an iconic sound. Like if you oh, wow. listen to that sound, it's like it's very much. Oh yes, that's the blue eyes white dragon. Not me. But, I wouldn't have recognized it. Well, because okay, but if you had listened to it and then you listened to it again, you'd know. You'd be like, ah, blue eyes. I I remember. I remember. It's called. It's all coming back. Three thousand years ago, when the pyramids were young. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's how it goes? That's Yu-Gi-Oh. It's about... That's I really don't know anything. Do you know, it's been a weird... You know what? Yu-Gi-Oh's been one of those things that um, it, it's been a... It's having a weird resurgence right now, mostly because of big YouTubers like the Ant-Man uh, and Moist Critical, like, sort of dunking on it. Oh, yeah. There's like a... There's like <laughs> a... We're all... Everyone's just like, yeah, modern Yu-Gi-Oh sucks. Why are we all hooked on it? And everyone is kind of hooked on it because there's like... Just so, it's so nostalgic and it's so like it could have been it could have been Pokemon but then it just wasn't after like several years <laughs> wasn't the app like the game that came out on, that you can play on their phone you can play on the phone wasn't that popular that was like, popular wasn't that popular yeah there's a couple they got I think that's they've got a couple of um games they got Master Duel on the desktop and they got uh, Duel Links I think it is on the phone and they're, they're both like pretty popular um services yeah. but the the game itself is like Oh man, it's awful. It's just it's it's so bad. There's so many oh, things like wrong. Oh, like playing with. Cards? playing the game is so Oh, wow. It's it it's like preparing for like an essay and uh learning how to like reference uh articles in the proper standard Oxford format and like like you <laughs> you've got to like really be up on your biblical readings when it comes to playing Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, in order for it to make any level of sense, and even then, it's oh. just unfair and horrible. It's just not a good. It's not a fun game to play. Uh, and if anyone in the comments listens and you're like, "I play Yu-Gi-Oh and I love it," yeah, I hate you. That's it. Me too. That's it. Yeah, and Ron agrees. So there you go. I have your back, Toby. Thanks, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. 
It, I mean, compared to, have you ever played like, I don't know, Magic the Gathering, which I also have not played? I, like, yeah, I, that, I played like once or twice. And I assume that's as complicated? Magic was, or, no, like, Magic was really straightforward uh, from from what, the minimal amount I've played. And that's only sort of like with, with starter decks and stuff. It's it's pretty straightforward mm-hmm. game. Why does why do people say that Pokemon card the TCG is like baby magic the guard because Pokemon's rules are so simple but that They're doesn't really that, simple. that doesn't mean that the game doesn't have any level of depth it really really does I think like competitive Pokemon is really fun to watch um I do think there's a lot of luck that gets involved on the high levels of play like you find there's a, a, a lot of competitive players are playing around some pretty high levels of rng i'd say just on like rng just based on like the decks are so big the decks are so big but yeah you can really construct the deck to be um you know to your needs um and 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 it's fun to watch those levels of play uh and understand them even if you've only played like a little bit of pokemon um but like you you, you just can't do that with magic the gathering is there also rng like I, just have to... I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm sure there is some randomness to it, but like, um, Magic's the oldest, right? I think in terms of the the various kind of popular fantasy card games, definitely the one that's lasted the longest. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I assume they've got it down pretty good. I honestly haven't played enough to be able to comment. I'm sure someone in the comments can tell us. Uh, but you know, you know, this is why live streams would be it, perfect. It would be great. They'd be able to tell us. Uh, you've not. So you never got into Yu-Gi-Oh. Nope. Digimon. Never got into any TCG. Digimon or I... nope, Bakugan or nope, Beyblade, nope, or I've never, I never got into any like fad. And when it, if I did, it was not not a fad for me. It lasted. Yeah, like if I like a thing, I like it for like for a long time. And but I could sense when something is a fad. You had a nose for it with Pokemon. You were like. Nah, this one's legit. The rest of those fakers, they don't, they're not on board. Again, it wasn't even like me- mental, mentally, I didn't like, uh, what's it called? I didn't, uh, think consciously, I didn't consciously do that. <laughs> it was more like, uh, yeah, I, that's the answer. <laughs> Dog magician. Sounds just like, like that. Would, for all these things, did you pick them up and then just stop? No, you, after uh, a while? Yu-Gi-Oh, I've kept playing like, hate playing for forever like i'm i'm still collecting i'm still like playing i just i just hate it um and i'm i like i find myself playing old formats and like versions of the game from like 10 years ago or 15 years ago more than like the current rule set and and all that uh but but, i mean beyblade i definitely i picked up at the time and didn't didn't keep on uh over the years that one stayed and technically these aren't fads because they have lasted Mm. But you know what I mean. It was kind there of a, a lot of- it, it was a big thing in the in the nineteen late nineteen nineties early two thousands, wasn't it? The monster, the monster tamer. If you've got your yeah. card that summons a monster, your Digivice that summons a monster, your Pokeball. It's all down to the monsters themselves. Yeah, and Pokemon really just have the most appealing monsters. Yeah, I I agree. There's just like. I'm allowed to be biased. Some people are going to be like, Ron, you're just biased. Yeah. yeah. But, like- but the thing is, like, <laughs> when it comes to, like, the iconicness of them, I, I think the brilliant thing that Pokemon did really well is they said there's 150. I was like, the key part of their strategy was there is 150. Well, there's just over 150. There's 151. But, uh, wink, wink. More to see. More to see. To be a Pokemon um, master is my destiny. Exactly. 
there was like a limited amount and i was actually just thinking about this the other day and i was wondering what your opinion was on this because we're, we're approaching the sort of 1000 mark for pokemon now and i think that back when there was 151 each pokemon had its very strongly had its own identity whereas nowadays like and i think since generation five there were a lot of uh, gen one reimaginings that kind of they, they while every pokemon still has its own identity the some of them have to share the limelight a little bit like even just down to like say um the the simple basis of like Infernape is a fire monkey, but now there's like another fire monkey, <laughs> and then you know Super Sage is a grass monkey, but now there's like two more of those this generation, and like the, it's it's not about that there's anything wrong or that these Pokemon can't all coexist. It's just simply yeah. a case that they have to share those identifying traits, and I think what Pokemon did in the 1990s 2000s, which was really great, is each Pokemon really felt individual and had its own really strong identity. You know that. Uh, other Except franchises, like Spiro and Spiro and Pidgey. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like, it, that's actually that? the exception. <laughs> that's the one exception I was thinking about. That's the one exception I was thinking about. But um, no, but that actually is no, no. That helps. You know why? It's because they made these actual animals in their world, mm. and that's why you're allowed to have variations. You know that are really literally the same species but a little bit different. You know, um, and while all the other, all the other. Car, not card. All the other monster hunt, hunting, not monster capturing uh-huh. franchises. Those monsters were not really part of the world. Yeah, it's not a Pokemon was the only one with a Pokemon world. We all live in a Pokemon this world. This is true. Like, like with Yu-Gi-Oh, for example, um, the monsters are separated from the world by the proxy of the card game. And like, yeah. you, you can go into the lore and you can go, uh, actually, they existed when people played with them in the shadow games in ancient Egypt. But it's like, yeah, but for the 99% of it that we're all watching and engaging in, the way that these monsters, it, it, it's not like when Yugi plays the Summon Skull and the Summon Skull comes out of the card. He's like, hey, Summon Skull, how you doing, buddy? And that they have this relationship uh, and that they even really remember each other. <laughs> it's just a projection of the card. And I think that's where Yu-Gi-Oh suffered. So there was there was just the iconic monsters that kind of stayed with people and then there's this kind of backlog of like tens of thousands of other creatures with ridiculous names that no one cares about um i, I yeah. guess digimon kind of did that That's quite well in the though. early days but it's still a separate world right the digi world but you go to it is that right i don't i didn't really watch much digimon yeah that i haven't either but that's what i know yeah <laughs> I, wonder, I, I assume it's in the theme song. I wonder where the Digimon one. went wrong, because they really felt like they were onto something there. Again, the designs. They're not Pokemon. <laughs> what, what is they're it They're not as appealing Digimon, as Pokemon. A Digimon design. Again, appealing is subjective, mm-hmm. but in terms of marketing to a wide range of people, it is less less appealing. Mm. Pokemon, it's like there's a Pokemon for everyone. There, this art style of Pokemon is so like in my unfortunately because I'm so biased, it's like just the it is the art style. It's so neutral for me the Pokemon art style. It's literally just the default art style of how a thing should look. Sure. <laughs> also because all my drawings are in Pokemon art style now. By now, uh, it's like not. A, I mean, you know the the whole philosophy that I probably repeated a billion times in my videos and in this podcast of like not extreme uh, in terms of in any direction. Yeah. It's not. All the cool Pokemon have something goofy about it. All the cute Pokemon have something cool about them. All the, like, and also the progression of like you can, they can evolve even if they're if they are too cute they can evolve into something cool. Yeah, <laughs> like it's like while 
the evolution is probably the evolution is probably the number one most appealing part of Pokemon. Yeah, um, while the, like the, 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 digivolving is not less is way less straightforward. Uh, the, you know? the, the other issue is that I think like when when Charmander evolves, it becomes a big red dragon, and when Venusaur evolves, it becomes a giant green grass frog lizard thing, right? But when when Wegarugumon, I think, digivolves, it becomes I believe they all just become like mecha people with like a million pointy parts mecha angels i have no like, idea what they're all doing i have I, I, well, that might be right that might those be are cool those are appealing yeah but it's, but it's all like of them they're- i don't want to have that near me you know by my side as like a best friend chilling in the on, on the couch <laughs> watching watching a documentary yeah it's like one is like hey here's my pet dragon and the other is like hey here's my pet tank person I don't know if they're an animal anymore. I, I'm, I'm really not sure. You know what I mean? Like, whereas it, with Pokemon, it's always felt that like you're the tamer, the Pokemon tamer with these creatures beside you that are all incredibly powerful and they're all, all cute or whatever. And it, it, it was just so good with the branding. But I, I think starting with just a smaller pool at that time, uh, whereas like, and limiting themselves in that way and giving each Pokemon a lot of time and attention, I think really, really helped Pokemon in a way that the other franchises just kind of fell off on, you know? Well, in terms of marketing, I think it's the fact that Pokemon really did market to everybody. Yeah. You know, boys, girls, adults, kind of sometimes. <laughs> like, while Digimon was like, oh, it's Digimon, they're digital monsters. You're, the boys will love them. I guess so. At yeah. least in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least in America. In the West. Uh, yeah, I think that was the horribly stereotypical. Oh, it's a pink bird though. That's the one for the for the girls. I think was their thinking. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, rather than just like Pikachu, which a- appeals to both, you know, to, to to everyone, right? No matter what exactly. where your gender is or whatever, like Pikachu is appealing to you because it's cute but cool, and it's like it's just neutral in that kind of way. Um, whereas I think. The mistake that they made is with Digimon is they made a bunch of stereotypical twelve-year-old boymons, and then and there's one for the girl. You know what I mean? Like I just think they. they and it was cool that they like later it. like evolved and poke uh, and Digi- Digimon is now like marketed towards like adults even while Pokemon still you know marketed towards kids. But then again, now Digimon is mostly for adults instead of kids. I don't think any kid knows about or I mean again they do. Sure. Compared to the olden days, compared to the olden days of 1999, uh, nobody, like, kids aren't playing Digimon, while adults, maybe they are, I assume. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, kids is where you market, you know? I guess. I guess so. Um, kids are where the money's at. Beyblade. They have the money. Beyblade is also one where, like, did you ever watch any Beyblade? No. The, the monsters, are j- it's just like Yu-Gi-Oh, except the monsters live inside the, they live inside the Beyblade. And then, like... While the spinning tops are doing battle in the arena, the monsters come out of the the bit beasts, as they're called. They come it's out of the Beyblade. Yeah, um, I think that's again why Pokemon is so. Po- it's really straightforward. It's the monsters fighting the monsters. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's not like you know. And that's the other one is that it's like it's all dragons as well. Like with Beyblade and with with, uh, with Yu Gi Oh. Like I, I mean, okay, obviously I know with Yu Gi Oh, there's there's a creature for every type, but it like in Pokemon in Gen One. There are three dragons at best. Charizard, yeah. Dragonite, 
maybe Aerodactyl or Gyarados if you count them, right? But like with with um, and even only one of those is Dragon type. But um, with like Yu-Gi-Oh, it's like you got the blue eyes white dragon and the red eyes black dragon, and then you've got like the the cyber dragon and the this it, dragon and that dragon. They really made dragon. They made it look like the the. Digimon, not the Digimon, the Yu-Gi-Oh cards, the monsters that, the Yu-Gi-Oh, what are they called? Yu-Gi-Oh monsters, the what are they called? The dual monsters. The dual, oh yeah, right, yeah. The dual monsters that you want to use are the big, strong-looking dragon thingies, right? While in Pokemon, it's like, they really drove home that it's like, you can use any Pokemon you want. <laughs> like, yeah. you, you can have a tree, <laughs> you can use a turtle, <laughs> you can use a ball, like, it's like, and that's why, what's appealing. It's like, yeah. Same again. It's all the like, for example, like. And then we there was also like Bakugan and things that like I assume you were already yeah, like a teenager yeah. by then. Gormiti. Um, oh, Gormiti too. Yeah, it's like I had a younger brother, so it's like he was still into all these things. Yeah. While I was a teenager, so I definitely cons- not consumed them, but was aware of all these things after after the fact. Um, and it was fun. It was like, it was fun seeing my brother enjoy them and just like, I like monsters and I like mm-hmm. creatures and I love fiction and I love cool battles and magic systems. But it's like, you can tell when something's going to last. Uh, I guess because I'm, a, as like a Pokemon quote unquote expert, I think I just can compare it to Pokemon and know yeah. how successful they do each aspect. I'm trying to think of what's the, for example, okay, I was going to say, I'm trying to think of what's an aspect that one of these franchises has done amazingly well. And I guess, yeah, Digimon was the closest in terms of like anime, for example. That was just like, that was an actual anime. Yeah. Like it was, it wasn't like, like, it was probably for kids at the beginning, but it's like these anime are appealing to anime fans while all the other ones, they were really just trying to recreate Pokemon's success. Yeah, success. And on that, yeah. Digimon wasn't. I, I can concede that Digimon wasn't like a Pokemon clone at the time of its release. No, you know? sure, sure. And that's admirable. Yu-Gi-Oh! wasn't either because again, the manga isn't about the cards. It's about just games in general. Yeah. So it's like, that was like a good manga here. Well, like, the, ma- the manga started with Yu-Gi-Oh! Like the card game, Duel Monsters, is one of the many games that they that exactly. he plays and the... Uh, it just became that those issues became popular, so they were like, "Oh, we're gonna make the card game," and they, uh, I think they made the card game like five times. <laughs> like there are there are beta versions of or, or other versions of Yu-Gi-Oh in other co- card formats made by other companies from before Yu-Gi-Oh is where it is today, which is kind of wild. Like if you want me to like concede even more, like or just give merits to every or one of these to each franchise because they all do have their merits. Like for example, Beyblade, that's a good actual physical game. Like playing yeah, it Beyblade, is. it was really fun. And that's those. That's like an age old game, like Tops versus Top. That's like a whole. So like Pokemon has the best franchise, at least in terms of like classic how to make a franchise. Yeah. Objectively, that's how you make a do a franchise. <laughs> Yu Gi Oh has the best perhaps manga. I don't know. The yeah. Digimon has the best anime. Uh, although you can, I mean, Pokemon anime is subjective yeah. too. But like in terms of like classic how to make an anime that people will enjoy, actually, yeah, Digimon is doing, uh, did it well. Uh, Beyblade physical game, the best. Uh, Bakugan, in terms of like unique idea, in terms of like the the peripherals, that's so cool. Yeah. Like, you know how Bakugan works? That's so cool. You just throw a ball, it opens up through using magnet magnetism. How does magnets, how do magnets work? I don't know. They're cool. Um... And then, what was the other thing? Uh, 
Digimon Yu-Gi-Oh! Beyblade Gormiti. There you go. I don't know. That was- Gormiti was kind of... Yeah, they were... The- <laughs> that one kind of sucked. Hey, they had the best ad- advertisements, I guess. No, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. At the time, I think when Gormiti came out, I was... Uh, I still am huge into Avatar and Korra, right? And I think Gormiti was the one where like there was a lot of elemental stuff. Yeah. And I really liked the elemental stuff. <laughs> Have you seen there's the, the trailer for the Avatar, the Way of Water? And I'm like, cool, when are we going to get the Way of Fire <laughs> and air? There's a new... Uh... <laughs> they should have had... That's even more... Like, that's hilarious. They knew they what they knew were exactly doing. They knew exactly what they were um, doing. They're just trying to, trying to cash in on that uh, Avatar success. Hey, that's 100%. You mean Avatar by James Cameron's success, because that was way <laughs> more successful <laughs> the than biggest Avatar. Gross, was what was it? The, the most, the, the most money making film at the highest box, box office until like Endgame or something. <laughs> and then, no, but then they re released uh, Avatar, and Avatar is now still uh, number one. Sucks. I think they're just trying to net in those additional, <laughs> those additional few Avatar <laughs> Nickelodeon fans. Suck. It sucks that they called it Avatar. I know. Like, it's, it ruined everything. Like, when I was a kid, <laughs> it when. It ruined everything. Everything. It ruined everything for me as an Avatar fan. <laughs> Nowadays, you can easily say the Avatar: The Last Airbender, but like as a kid, when you say, "Oh, I love Avatar," uh, and then like av- this Avatar Blue People movie comes comes out, everybody's like, "Wait, that's the show that you like? That like that, that's what that the show that's what the show is about? about Blue that. People? Yeah. No, no, not that they don't. Th- they think that that's what Avatar: The Last Airbender uh, is about. Yeah. They thought Avatar: The Last Airbender was about Blue People, Blue Aliens. That's upsetting. That's deeply upsetting. Uh, and, and and then they saw the movie, and then they saw Avatar, yeah. the movie, and they're like, "Yeah, it's cool," but it's like I wouldn't want to see a show about that. But that's not what the show is. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't like get how Avatar is the money making thing that it is, and I assume it was to do with the three D three D release, right? It was yeah, because everybody watched it in three D. Yeah. It was fun. It was fun in 3D, honestly. Like, it, it sucks was. that like, the only reason nobody's not going to... Okay, people are going to... It's going to be a very high, high, money-making movie. Very money-making. It's going to be a high-grossing movie, the Avatar sequel. But it's not going to be as hype because nobody's going to watch it in 3D. Yeah. And a lot, of, a lot more people are going to not go to the theaters. Here's what's funny. Like, Avatar, the 2009 Avatar film, the original, that was the only film that my dad has ever seen in theaters in the last, like, 30 years. Whoa. Really? Even my father, who does not watch movies in theaters, he's a huge cinephile. He, he, we have a movie theater in the in our basement. That's why you know he doesn't need to go to the theater. I see. And doesn't he doesn't like the experience? But it's like that got him out of the house to go and see the experience. That's so wild. So uh, I guess that really was like I, I was slightly too young to remember. I mean, not to remember it. Like I remember it, of course. It was like it was you know I was at school. It was, um, but it was I don't think I didn't know it is this kind of big cultural moment. I just, oh, there's a film in 3D. And I'm like, I've seen Spy Kids 3D. I know what a 3D film is. That's cool. And then that was that was me going to the cinema, you know? Oh, wait. I saw a billion 3D movies at the yeah, time. Yeah, 3D oh, movies were out. I probably saw like 20 3D movies. I think there was something about the tech had changed that got everyone excited. You have to see it in 3D was the marketing that, that everyone drove home. Yeah. And it was... Because the CGI was, it was perfect at the, at the time. It was yeah. seemed, it was like the best CGI at the time. So it's like, I get it. Yeah. And the CGI for the new Avatar film is some of the best things I've ever seen yeah, in my entire life. Yeah, it looks life. insane. So it's like... So I get it. But the plots, it's all about plot. <laughs> and it's the first film that was so interesting that literally nobody cares about... It's one of the first films that were such a huge phenomenon that people also did not care about the plot or characters. Mm. That's why it was so interesting. What was I going to say? But you know when something is like a phenomenon, when the religious figures 
talk about it in their like speeches. Oh yeah. So like in when you go to church or like in my case, like when you're in school and like the rabbis are giving their like uh it's called a Dvar Torah where it's like, you know, speeches about like that week's Torah portion uh-huh. or whatever. And these religious figures always want to like incorporate something like in pop culture to like as like a metaphor for some religious thing. And you know, is that my rabbi is that my, rabbis <laughs> trying to be relatable? Is that is that Yeah. I'm hip. I'm down yeah. with the kids. You don't even understand. My principal of my high school, for example, his he he had like a class kind of that was all about relating pop culture to like just lessons and like not like necessarily religious lessons, but lessons okay. in general and like learning how to like, you know, extrapolate uh, cool metaphors and lessons from. I mean, that just media. sounds like that sounds had, really good. That just sounds like a class that everyone should be taking. So I'm trying to think of, I'm actually trying to think of an example of one of the speeches, but I can't, it's, yeah, I, we were all zoning out during these times. Like they're trying to relate to us, but it's like, we're not, we don't care. Do you know what I care about more than anything? Uh. Is what Pokemon we're going to generate for this release day of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet? Well, it's, we know for a fact it's not going to be a Gen 9 Pokemon. Well, so. we can we can always do a little switcheroo um, if it's not, you know, for just for a random new Pokemon. <laughs> oh my God, we generated Sprigatito. <laughs> What's, what do you think Sprigatito's evolution is uh, called? Spr- well, if Pidgeotto became Pidgeot, then Sprigatito becomes Sprigatot. How <laughs> 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 that works. Um, before we generate, I want to point out the fact that Toby, you are literally wearing, you guys can't see this, but Toby is literally wearing the jumper, the jumper that, uh, the sweater that, uh, the lo-fi girl is wearing. What do you mean I'm wearing the jumper that the lo-fi girl is wearing? Hang on, I'm going to Google. It's literally the exact same make and model that the lo-fi girl is wearing. And you're also wearing a watch that is the exact same color as her scarf. Hang on. I'm going to look at the label in the back. It's, uh... Is there a label in the back? I'm going to I'm gonna work this out for you all. We're going to finally solve it. You're right. I am wearing the... Okay, there's no label in the back. We'll never know. I'm sorry. I, uh... Yeah. I, I can't help Where you. does she buy her clothes? Where does the lo-fi girl shop? H&M. Let's generate the Pokemon. I actually genuinely be an H&M jumper I'm wearing. Whoa! It's a Pokemon that has kind of clothes on it. It's not actual clothes, but it's, it's one of the co- Pokemon that successfully incorporates like a clothes-like element to their body. Do you want to guess, Toby? Is it Metatite? No, shut up. Because <laughs> of the tights. <laughs> no, what you got? What you got? Honchcrow! Okay, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're putting down there. It's got the, the, the beak that everyone wears. Amazing! They, the essence of Italians in a in a crow. Oh my god, I love it. Honch- yeah, you said Honchko, not Halucha. So that's where I got confused. Honchko is cool. <laughs> <laughs> You're like Halucha. Halucha's the got, essence the, of Italians. It's got, the, it's got the Libre, you know. But yeah, you're right. No, Honchko is cool. I really like Honchko. Honchko has grown on me a lot. There was a Pokemon card. Love it. I'm going to send you this Pokemon card. I don't think you'll have seen this. Um, but there's this Pokemon card of Honchko. Um, and it's like the coolest thing. And let me guess, there's a Honchkrow. There is a Honchkrow in the card, yeah. I'm not just sending you a random, a random Pokemon card. Hold up, I'm going to send this over, and you're going to get Ron's live reaction. See, you'd get it actually live if we were live. It's a new one as well. It's like a relatively new from Brilliant Stars. 
Oh yeah, that's beautiful. Isn't that gorgeous? It's stunning. Yeah, I love that art it's style. I want that for every Pokemon. Stunning. Uh, yeah, Honchkrow's cool. It's a real, and you're right. Like it really does wearing a hat justice for a Pokemon. Because yeah, gr- birds have plumage, so you can easily add a hat to their head. That's like a the animal with the most hats. Yeah. Honchkrow's got a lot of personality about it, and you can you can see like I feel like evil team you le- leaders use Honchkrow, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think people always cite this as an example of why Game Freak animation sucks because the animation for Honchkrow in like Coliseum, not Coliseum in Revolution, yeah. is so amazing, where it dies. <laughs> that's that's what's so amazing about it. Where it like when it faints, yeah. it like tips the hat like like a redditor. This, am I right in thinking that Giovanni has a Honchkrow? It feels like he should have a Honchkrow. I, I know for sure Cyrus has a Honchkrow. I guess. I really feel like Giovanni should have one. I guess there's Murkrow in the Team Rocket base. Maybe one of the Team Rocket admins well, have the, one. People misunderstand, although again, it makes sense, that like Giovanni is a Yakuza boss, not a like Italian mob boss. No, I get that. But there's, you know... So, wait, Honchkrow is specifically Italian? I mean, <laughs> I don't know his nationality, Toby. <laughs> okay, but yeah, because you mentioned it's Italian at the beginning when I was getting. I think Honchkrow is more specifically based on Italian American mobs than a Japanese mob boss. Okay, got you. Unless I'm completely wrong, you probably are, but that's fine. Because there's nothing. There really isn't anything Italian about it. It's just a meme. Sure. Like anything that has to do with the mob, it's like that's Italian culture. But um, it's like. I'm trying. I'm looking at. It. I'm trying to think of every single origin for it. Maybe let me look at its Japanese name. Because if it's dapper Japanese name refers to something that is Italian, then it's definitely an Italian-based Pokemon. Yeah. So Don Karasu. So Karasu is crow, and then Don. Yeah. As in a Don. Yeah. As in a Don. Yeah. Mafia boss, yeah. specifically, usually a Italian mafia boss. All right. So it's there like, you go. Yeah, the boss in a Sicilian and Italian American mafia boss. I really like Honchkrow. This card, it's like it's got the ability as well, Boss Pockets, which I assume is again like a reference to the fact that it, it is the boss. It is the leader um of, of all the Murkrows. You you um you never really got into the Pokemon cards, right? I feel like we've talked spoken about this maybe privately and maybe a little bit on the podcast, but I always wanted to ask you more because I feel like you're such an artwork oriented person. I was collecting the cards and during my childhood just like everybody else, so during Generation 3, half of Generation 4. And then I, I told you that I realized that for the last, like, year, I uh, during Generation 4, I was collecting fake Pokemon cards. And then, and then stopped. you stopped. Haven't collected since Generation you 4. Again. You would enjoy these alternate arts so much. These big, full artwork yeah, ones. I can look at them online. I... <sighs> I suppose I just want someone else to. Are you hanging your cards? Uh, no, they. Go- and you have a lot of cards, and you're not even. They, hanging they, them, no, so. Sometimes they go on display, and sometimes they go in a little book, and I flick through the book, and it's a book of enjoyment. Yeah, and I do that sometimes. I look at my old cards. I have like at least three hundred good ones. Like I have literally the I, I don't the know if Pokedex. Good I have compared to from generation <laughs> from generation one to four and a half. I have like eighty percent of all the Pokemon there. That's fair. That's right. Which is fun. It was very fun. It was very fun collecting. But by now, it's like I already don't have Generation 5, 6, 7, 8. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I'll never get that unless I really get into it a little too much. So, so what's the point? Unless I really start These fresh. Like, that's, again, gorgeous why new I think... artworks that are like... They're so good. The last couple of years has just been uh, wild when it comes to... 
to art. I just, I don't know. I, I, I think I assume that it's something that if you got into it now because of the art uh, and how phenomenal it's got, and uh, not just the alternate arts, even the regular arts, and then also the way that the cards' abilities and attacks are like, for example, boss pockets are reflections of the Pokemon. I think you would yeah. get a lot of appreciation out of them uh, as a collector. I would. Especially as like a fan of also like the uh, Pokemon characters, uh, a lot of them are incorporated into cards nowadays. Um, mm. But I think if I had the option to just buy a print of these, like once a month, buy a print of a Pokemon card, I'd do it. Yeah, ten dollars, let's say ten to twenty dollars, I'd do it instead of buying a pack. That's fair. Like there are there are ways you can enjoy the Pokemon cards without uh you know buying them, and there are like there are art books that come out all the time, and that you know they've got high res scans and prints and stuff, and you know you could go anytime on Cerebee to be fair and just see like high res versions of the card. Uh, which is also a very fair way to enjoy Pokemon cards, and a lot less costly as it has been for uh, for me. <laughs> is there a what's the, is there like still a mob in the UK now? A mob in the UK? Uh, if there is, I don't like a crime. If, if there is, I don't know. Organized about crime? It. I don't know about it. You know, it's not it's not famous. It's like what Pinky Pinky Blinders? That's like what a hundred. Uh, I've not ago? seen it. I don't know. I, I never watched it. it. Me neither. But I'm just assume there was definitely crime in in the UK. No, not, there was not definitely him. crime in in England. No, I don't think so. But, but I don't know if it's like big organized crime. Um, I mean, it's not. It's not like it's still a huge thing in America either. But it's like it's just way more famous. Um, but like for example, I lived in. I live very close to basically the center of a lot of famous <laughs> uh, mob movies and yeah. mob families. Uh, literally, I can just drive to it 10 minutes, you know? Okay, this is really sound a bit like a threat. Like, literally, I can just go and see, like, my mob friend and, like, nice podcast here. It'd be a shame if something were to, to happen to it, you know? It feels like you're just... Yeah, I mean... Threatening me. There's, like, a mob for every sub, uh, like, ethnicity or uh, nationality in New York. Interesting. I don't Again, I don't know if it's prevalent anymore. Definitely 90s and earlier. Again, if you were, like... If you needed money, you go to. I, I think in, in London, the word mob like has connotations that like I, I don't know that that vibes with London. I think London is gangs, if I'm not mistaken. Like, and it's it's like there's a lot of like gangs hmm. that come out of out of London. The gangs aren't organized crime, then, right? No, that's just a gang. Yeah, I think that's what the the kind of separation is. Is that to to say not organized isn't to say completely disorganized. Like there is a level of like this is our territory, that's your territory. I've watched some videos on it. I would not claim to be an expert or even... I've just got passing Me knowledge, neither. you know? Uh, so maybe- Do mobs have territory? I don't think mobs have territory. Again, it's like, these are just like old, usually even like, you know, European white guys, you know? There, there are places in London. But again, there's, London. there's the Chinese mob, there's the Japanese mob, right. there's like every kind of mob. But it's like, gangs are usually like for younger people who don't have a place and... Are they just have to find a group because they're poor? But like a mob is more like adults who have money and investing in money, but by doing crimes, crime, yeah, selling yeah, drugs, yeah, investing in crime, basically. I think I I would assume that organizations exist like that in the UK. I don't know whether they call themselves mobs or whether they call themselves like gangsters, but like not gangs, but like gangsters and whether that would be Yeah, gangster would be a mob. Uh, yeah, uh, like there's definitely, I've seen really interesting interviews uh, from like ex kind of mob members or whatever or gangsters who have, who have uh, 
Uh, there's one very yeah. famous who's like he's like he considers himself a businessman and he talks all British like and he's uh he's got I've seen some interviews with him and like um after serving jail time or whatever. But um yeah, I I I have watched there are videos you can watch online of like uh the gang wars in London uh over the years and why certain gangs attack other gangs and it's really fascinating usually it, it, you're right it is sort of people who um unfortunately don't have a lot going for them who are like just grouping up with others and then uh well you live in this postcode i live in this postcode your guys hurt one of our guys so now we gotta come get you and then it's just cycles of revenge it all sounds very very miserable and dark and and i have been told by friends who live in london like if yeah if you're suspected to be part of gang a and you're in gang b's territory leave now because you can get you can get hurt you can get you know get in trouble but and if you're not part of gang you can just you can just walk there presumably the gangs know yeah but like mistaken identity happens and like there have been people who have been killed or attacked because they've been suspected i can't just say i'm true green seven like you probably could. Seven. you probably would be fine you could say i'm, I'm true green the, seven the green, the green I'm gang part of the mob and part of the green gang the, the italian mob and they'll come over um the true green mob Oh, yeah. Have you ever watched The Godfather? Uh, yeah, I watched Godfather. You ever watch Goodfellas? Uh, I think I've watched Goodfellas. Watch Goodfellas again. Because okay. <laughs> these are, I don't know, it seems like the m- most famous yeah. critically acclaimed movies yeah. are apparently mob movies, I guess. <laughs> but like, yeah, when you come to New York, I will take you to The Godfather home, cool. for example. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Amazing neighborhood. Amazing neighborhood. I love walking there. Um, I also take you to a place that is in a famous scene in The Goodfellas, but you would have to rewatch it to remember that. That scene. sounds tight. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I uh, yeah, no, we had to watch. Uh, we had to watch The Godfather for for drama. That was like one of the films that they sat us down. And they were like, "You watch this Marlon Brando man, <laughs> and you watch how he do." And uh, <laughs> we we yeah, we had to. That's more for the acting. Yeah, that was for the acting. But then also like Goodfellas, Godfather, um, Scarface, like all of these films are films that when you're doing film a film course like these are the films that people are talking about and while there's not like a mandatory list of films that you should watch there sort of becomes a mandatory list of films that you should watch if you're gonna be able to engage in the discussions and so while i watched many of those films there are still plenty that i haven't like i've watched goodfellas that way i i'm pretty sure i watched uh well, no, i know i watched godfather i don't think i've actually watched scarface uh i think that's one that i haven't me neither you know. I don't think it's like it's critically acclaimed, but I don't think it's like cinematically acclaimed. Like, right as like a film, film cinematography or acting or plot or like screenwriting standpoint, it's just a good film. I like remember that. watching. Um, I watched a lot of films that way, and I found a lot of films that I really enjoyed. But I remember watching uh, Fight Club, which you know is one of those films yeah. that everyone talks about, and I just didn't rate it. I just I <gasps> didn't. I don't know why. It just didn't resonate with me. Next, you're going to say you didn't rate Pulp Fiction. I loved Pulp Fiction, man. Pulp Fiction was great. I I liked Fight Club way more than Pulp Fiction. Really? I love Pulp Fiction. I really do. I think I like Fight Club. That was, was, again, that's one of those films, right? It's just like a film that you should probably watch if you're upping your film education. I've got about 100 films on that list still. And I add to that list whenever I have a conversation like this. And then I say to the person, hey, here's the list of films I haven't seen. And they're like, you haven't watched this. You haven't watched this. And then they add, uh, I'll be like, just whatever your best film is, tell me what it is and I'll add it. And then, uh, 
Yeah, and then I'll try and get Ronald to watching it one day. Why do I feel bad that I have nothing to say when you say that? Why do you, you feel bad Most, you have nothing to say? I feel bad that I... Like, you're looking at me, you're like, Ron, comment, please, so we can make this podcast entertaining. You, no, I can't just... Okay. I can't just say, I didn't watch these films, and then Ron is silent, and then we just move we on. Can just, no, <laughs> like, exactly what, if this was an entertaining, like, comedic podcast, what would I say? <laughs> like, what would I say to make that... To expound, to just make it so that story is worth entertainment value other than just like conversational value like well if i said that thing what would you say that would make that entertaining are you reverse don't, unoing on me i think you're trying to put a lot of pressure on yourself to make this into a comedy show and it doesn't need to be a comedy show we are we never signed up for that it doesn't it doesn't have to be comedic it's more like it should definitely be entertaining because it's a podcast well, I, I think, if nothing else, just us having this meta discussion is probably made it pretty entertaining <laughs> for the people listening who are now like, whoa, where did this go? <laughs> where's this <laughs> Where's this podcast on its way to? I mean, we came, and we came a long way from Honchkrow, so, like, and that was the, that was the point. Yeah, I think I want to talk more about killing. Okay, what do you want to talk about killing, mate? <laughs> yeah, but... You ever do it? Uh, you know, once there was no. Wait, hang on. We this is this is going on the internet. Okay. Uh, to bring it back completely full circle, spiders. Whoa! That's like an episode. I'm gonna guess twenty two reference. <laughs> I have genuinely no episode idea. 22, episode twenty two, um, episode twenty. I'm eyeballing it. I have no idea. We're nearly on episode thirty, dude. We're nearly on episode thirty. That'll be the next one, and then. Oh yeah, we have to we have to cash in our regenerating. Oh yeah, we do. But who we do we generate? We got Honchko. Do you want Honchko on this thumbnail? Yeah, we... yeah definitely. Honchko. Okay. Good. I don't know if it's good for the day of Scarlet and Violet. No, Violet's we should probably release, have like a Scarlet Violet thing on the thumbnail. That to be sucks. honest. Sucks. Um. Yeah. Because it really is like. So it's yeah, it's a waste of a good Pokemon on the thumbnail. I guess. But also Hunchcrow's an awkward thumbnail Pokemon because it's got his little wing sticking out and so it's all like long yeah. when it doesn't have to be. <laughs> at least it's, it's necessarily it's, long. It's, at least it's a wing at least it's a wing sticking out, nothing not something else. <laughs> like what? Like what, Ron? Go on. It's make tail. it entertaining. Yeah, okay. I can't <laughs> I can't I don't know how to make things funny. <laughs> well, it really is a skill. I'm laughing. I'm laughing. I find it amusing. You don't know how, like, it's the number one skill I wish I had. You could learn, if, I okay, wish, but if you, you wish you had a skill, you're not going to get a skill. So what are you going to do to make the skill happen? It's not like it's... it's improv classes, hmm. sir. Improv. What stand-up I want to take an improv class. Okay, so where's where's your nearest improv class? When are you going? Again, Manhattan. I'm not going to Manhattan. Why not? You go to th- same reason you go- knew, same reason you're not going to London for improv. improv not classes. right now, but I'm go- I, I will be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You're gonna now go weekly to no, London I'm for gonna, improv. I'm gonna class. do like a crash course over like several weeks next year at some point. Um, I'm I'm gonna do a, like a six week binge course. Uh, there's a someone I know his wife runs a thing, so I'm gonna go do it. It's gonna be great fun. Oh, but see, that's someone you know and the wife of someone you know. That's I'm not gonna go by myself to a random place. And not start doing funny things. You literally things. walk around mob areas, mobster areas. What are you talking about? That is where the improv places are. 
So you even know where they are. Let, look, Google Manhattan improv classes. Call up, just send a couple of emails. Just uh, look, I know, look. Yeah, but those are like, for, again, it's like, it's intimidating because I feel like this is a thing that everybody has whenever they have a hobby. They think they have to be good in order to participate yeah. in it. If I want to be part of like a football uh, club or something, I have to now play football. I don't know. Um, so because of that, I just don't do it. It, it, if it, I wanna, it is I intimidating. I, like, I was having this pre-Dungeons and Dragons. I was like, I know I want to play Dungeons and Dragons, but I've not really played Dungeons and Dragons. So when I play it, I'm going to be rubbish at it. And I'm just really anxious about that. And you know, the best way I found through that was just in that first session to just say, I'm really worried I'm going to be bad at this. And everyone was like, oh, don't worry, we're anxious too. Great, sorted, done, dealt with. And then it was fine. Mm. But the people in like, at least in New York, because it's New York, you know, it's like these are famous people in these improv classes, or not famous people, but people who want to be famous and people who are actually taking their comedy seriously. It's their craft. It's their career, maybe. I can't just be in a class with these wow. people. Okay, I completely disagree. I actually think that would make you the perfect kind of people to be in those classes. Because the thing is, for so many of those people, right, they're so like, this is my career, this is my everything, that it makes them very in their head and very hard to it, like engage with just the practice of doing improv for the sake of doing improv. And I, I like, like much in the same way that I think often when it comes to like even being a YouTube creator, like sometimes the best videos that you get are from people who aren't YouTubers. They're just creatives who are just taking part in the process and trying it out. And they're enjoying the process very organically. And I think that's where you'd fit into mm. it perfectly. And you would use that as a skill to enhance your, your work with, uh, on True Green 7. I do want to do more improv like videos, actually. Like, again, you have a green screen? Uh, I don't know. There is one upstairs I can use if I need to. Oh, yeah, true, true, true. How are, uh, can you bring it down to I your can. office or you have to go yeah, up I can there? Bring it down. Okay, cool. Um, because I've told you the idea where I want to do this, like, uh, whose line is it anyway style, like, series of videos. Mm -hmm. And I want you to be part of it. And we needed a green screen for that. And I really want to just start doing that already because it's like, that would help if I could just do improv for the channel even. Yeah. What? If you're down, we'll do it. Let's do it. As soon as, we'll do it next week. Mm. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> we'll do it soon. We'll do it soon. Why? What do you have next week? As of recording or as of this video going out? Either way, the As answer this is video going. Either out. way, the answer is work. <laughs> the, answer, <laughs> the answer is too much work. Yeah. This time of year, man. It, January, February. Yeah, January, February. Sometime this time of year just stresses me so so much. I um, this yeah. has been a really nice. To be fair, like uh, podcast has been like kind of relaxing for me because I've honestly spent most of the day just like refreshing my emails, refreshing like going onto Discord, just like. Uh, okay, is there going to be a trailer today, or is there is there like news from the brands that I'm working with, or like what like what's happening out there, so that I know what I'm supposed to be doing? Because I've prepared most of my thumbnails for the videos I know I want to make, and I'm just now sitting waiting, just anxiously, like, oh, I guess I'm supposed to just go and like at this point, honestly, to play video games and relax if I can until work comes around. Because <laughs> when it comes, it's it's gonna. <laughs> It's gonna be the whole channel. It's gonna be my whole world for Same. about sort of three weeks. I think it'll be nice to to when we start having these podcasts live with um 
with the audience there. So that'll be from next week, the 25th, around afternoon of Black Friday uh, here on the Calm Mind Podcast YouTube channel. So, um, yeah, hopefully people can come along and we can talk about starting a, a gang or a mob with them. Say something entertaining. Uh, Toby, we, we have a sponsor right now. I don't think they'll like hearing that. Who's our sponsor? I don't have anything funny to say. Right. I don't know any funny Today's company. sponsor is Improv, which we're going to be learning very, very soon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, enjoy Scarlet and Violet, everyone.